Hey everybody, welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. Episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. This week, Sean Katz and Carlos Pantoja, co-founders of Optima Solutions, join the podcast to talk about improving sales performance and accelerating sales velocity with automation. They first set the scene on their ICPs, or ideal customer profiles, sharing the types of organizations and sales team sizes, org chart makeups, and key problem areas that tend to benefit most from their team's automation services. We then get tactical, with Sean and Carlos walking us through which tasks and functions are prime for automation within HubSpot, including lead qualification, routing and assignment, task queue creation, pipeline management and reporting, and and a whole bunch more. They explain their process for determining what, when, and how these things should be automated based on client requirements. And from there, they dig further into the role of data and how strong automation and improved sales performance as a throughput relies heavily on a clean data lake, as they put it. And they also explain their approach to integrations via both the HubSpot Marketplace and through custom development and how those interlock into these processes. But that's enough for me. Let's dive in to this week's episode of Agency Unfiltered. Gentlemen, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are we doing? Good. How about you? You know, not too bad. Not too awesome. bad. Now, I know, unfortunately, uh, you know, folks, because they'll be tuning in uh, to the podcast, they're not going to be able to see the setup that at least I can see that you two have uh, for this. Try and paint the visual representation. Try and paint the picture of what I'm looking at here, guys, uh, for the Optima Solutions Podcast Studio. Take it away, man. <laughs> oh, you, you want to explain it. Uh, so um, right now we're in uh, basically uh, more or less a podcast studio. Um, everything you're hearing right now is recorded uh, through video for us on digital camera, uh, a Rode Postcaster, an A10 Mini Pro ISO. Um, we're recording this for ourselves internally on OBS Pro. Uh, OB- so we can, um, we can see your screen. Uh, and you can see us individually. It has uh, it's a three camera setup, so we can toggle between the cameras. Um, it has a close up of me. It has a close up of Sean Katz, our other co founder. Um, and everything is controlled by a Mac Pro. Supreme, supreme <laughs> setup. And you just glossed over. You didn't. You didn't even touch this part. I'm seeing like a a Nerf gun, maybe in the oh, top yeah. left there. <laughs> yeah. Who knows where that you know where that factors in? But that's yeah. for Fridays. <laughs> that's, right. that's for Fridays, and we that's have right. our, our Click Funnels Award, our YouTube Awards. Yeah, that's few great. awards. Uh, well, guys, we're here, I think, to talk about uh, sales automation or automation uh, in the sales process, um, which will be an exciting topic to cover. Um, probably something uh, partners uh, enjoy doing, find value for their clients in doing, and probably sense an opportunity to do more of. Right. Uh, and so I'll be excited to get your perspective on it. Before we actually dig in, though, uh, to some of the workflows, some of the automation capabilities that 
that you you know enable for your for your clients. Uh, let's let's ground in the let's just get the initial kind of context for this out of the way. Uh, what are your ideal client profiles? Uh, like, what are the types of businesses that you work with uh, to better contextualize the automation opportunities that that we'll get to? So, who are your ICPs? You know, typically we're working with a business that has a pretty decent sized sales team. You know, more than probably more than like three to five. You know, all the way up to a hundred, hundred plus, right? Um, the teams that we found that has had the most success leveraging like the automation capabilities of HubSpot have a larger sales team. They're either running some sort of like, you know, SDR, BDR model to a closer, something along those lines, right? But um, you know, it's anywhere from infotech, e-learning, SaaS, fintech, uh, B two B service providers, that sort of thing. Um, that really what we target at Optimus Solutions and what have actually found us out as well. That's great. And so why why do we feel uh, that those uh, sales organizations, those bigger sales teams, why are they ripe for seeing value in sales automation? Like, Why did you all land on them in that focus area uh, for, for the type of work that you do? Um, yeah, I mean, most of it is really just you know, we we try to take the perspective of the RevOps perspective and quick wins for the client, right? Um, what can we do to help them grow their revenue, help them put cash on the table and in their board, right? And that's pretty much the the first approach we take to with our clients is what what's your sales process like? Um, we've had the most success with those sort of teams because we see like those are really the teams that are going to leverage the automations. Right. Yeah. The marketing team is more on like the data side. They're going to want like some sort of nurture campaigns and things like that. They're more focused on like that data visibility. But these sales teams are leveraging workflows. They're leveraging sequences. They're leveraging everything that HubSpot can do on a day to day basis. And they're the ones using it for eight, 10 hour shifts. You know, yeah, that's 100%. one, <laughs> one yeah. way we leverage that. Right. Uh, you bring up a good point that, hey, this whole process begins with us asking like, okay, what's your sales process? And I can imagine the types of sales orgs that find value in automation are the ones with a lot of handoffs, right? So bigger teams, probably with some distinct roles, responsibilities, right? Biz dev handoffs to account executives. Does that tend to be the case as well? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we, we usually have that kind of handoff between, you know, sales and service or, you know, some sort of success department. Um, a lot of the companies we work with have the AEs that are taking over those deals once those deals close. And yeah. that's really what um, we find the most success with because we have different pipelines set up. We have different nurturing set up. We have different workflows in place that are going to help them leverage HubSpot the most, right? Yep. Love that. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, I bet no two clients are the same. I'm sure no two sales processes are the same, I'm sure. But are there any emerging trends or patterns as it relates to like the type of things? that you're able to automate that drives the most value for these reps? Um, so the thing that brings the most value for these reps, I think is um, especially in the setter closer model is when they're trying to do like lead. Um, that's usually the best way because uh, the most uh, benefit you'll get from the system. Uh, it's really hard to get contacts into HubSpot and then um, delegated to a salesperson or someone to come in and then look at, okay, this is the contact that I want with the perfect data and a gloss over, <laughs> gloss over all the other ones. So with this system, it kind of makes it, um, you know, a conveyor belt almost for the sales team, right? Sales mm. leads come in, leads start to get automatically nurtured. Mm -hmm. uh, you get tasks for 
um, when it's time to like make phone calls, send SMS, uh, th things like uh, that speed to lead process automated where the sales rep just, you know, works out of their task queues and doesn't really have to do anything else. Um, that makes them. I love that. So it sounds like uh, uh, qualifying them as thoroughly and as speedily as you can as leads to probably sales qualified leads or folks ready to be uh, prospected to. Um, but then it also sounds like you're pulling automation to make it a very clear uh, set of responsibilities or tasks for a particular sales rep, right? So the assignment over of the lead, but then who to call, who, you know, who are you, who's going to text, like who are you going to email, all of those, like the task queue gets populated with uh, automate, automated uh, inputs. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's our goal. Uh, it should be simple jobs for people and uh, the system should do all the heavy work. Our task queues that we implement are pretty massive <laughs> for most of the sales teams, right? Like we're, we're doing like new leads that are in, incoming. We have qualified leads. We have, you know, those leads that either have gone stale or just have not reactivated themselves in a while. We have, you know, different task queues set up for different sales reps that they're able to leverage on a daily basis. And that's pretty much what we're implementing. And that has really proven that the sales reps are being more efficient, being mm -hmm. more effective, calling 30% more, right? Like booking more appointments and getting more deals on the board. And that's what the company wants to see when they're investing into, you know, a sizable system like HubSpot, right? Yep. Yep. And so it sounds like if, if built correctly, the task queues obviously are the lifeblood of this process. Now, I was going to ask, and you've alluded to it a little bit there, is to how, how are you measuring the performance of these automations and if they're actually pulling through to results uh, on the closed business side, on the revenue side? But, but you had just mentioned that there's some uh, reports, at least within HubSpot, in which you, know, you kind of compare and contrast. Is it you know, what sort of delta to the metrics that matter most after the implementation of these automated workflows? Yeah, so reports is my thing. Uh, <laughs> Basically, uh, the most report, the reports they want to know is how active um, your sales team is and how mm -hmm. has a great ability to find out your activity, especially through sales um, the task queues. Um, so you can find out who's taking meetings, how frequently they're taking meetings, how, how long those meetings are, are, are being taken, um, how many calls it took to get to those meetings, how many um, SMS it took to get to those meetings, how often the person have to email them to get to that meeting, to get to that close, to get to that. That, that process and the ability to segment that data in, in HubSpot is just super unique. It removes the, the, ability, the, the need to have some type of like dashboard system on top of it. Um, and, and it also makes it a lot easier for um, guys over here like Sean Marketing to say, all right, I'm going to look at this one thing. And now I know which ads I need to push up, which ads I need to go down, which ads can go to the trash, which ads need to get redone, um, what emails need new copy. Uh, versus what emails are working. Uh, yeah, dashboards are definitely a lifeblood of HubSpot implementation yeah. that we do, right? Um, yeah. Workflows get started first, task queues get set up, and then we spend the majority of our time on dashboards, I would say. Because, you know, that data-driven decision that the business is going to take on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, is just what they need. Right. Some of the, the companies that are coming to us, you know, they don't know their numbers. They don't know what their closing percentage is. They don't know what their no show is. They have no idea what is going on in the day to day basis of their company and with their sales reps. Um, HubSpot's ability to track that and get, you know, those sort of reports built out on the task queues and on the workflows and on the efficiency of the rep 
just gives it a, a different level that most CRMs don't have, which is why we implement HubSpot. Right? No. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I mean, it's, it's a good point in that uh, uh, doesn't matter what you're able to automate and what you set up and how easy you make a sales rep's life. If you're on, if you're unable to, uh, uh, interpret and analyze and see the results in the metrics and in the reports that matter most, then it's all a moot point, right? So it sounds like the dashboard and reporting capabilities are, are what bring this whole kind of effort or, or engagement home, right? Full, uh, to demonstrate circle, the value. full circle for sure. Yep. Now, um, you guys had alluded to this briefly in that you actually can leverage some of these metrics to close the loop with marketing and maybe inform some of the moves they make on the marketing side. Uh, talk to me more about that. What, that. what does that look like? How do you codify the the sales conversation back around to marketing. Yeah, most of the time we're leveraging UTM parameters and we're we're different definitely leveraging that on contact properties, on deal properties, um, in the reporting that we use. Um, most of our clients are kind of going the cold traffic, right? They're spending advertising dollars on Google, Facebook, TikTok, whatever the case is. So being able a to lot of people spending money on TikTok. Do you guys yeah, have a lot of TikTok ads going? Yeah. Surprisingly, now more than ever, which yeah. is very interesting. But yeah, it's definitely how are they doing? That really good. Surprising. We're getting like eight x ROAS on TikTok for some of our clients, which is just okay. insane, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, leveraging that and using those UTMs in the reporting feature and and being able to see kind of what those MQLs and those SQLs actually reach and which ones are actually working, and then. From there, being able to scale that campaign that's actually performing the best, right? And actually converting on the on the deal board. I mean, it's such an impactful layer, right? Of of reporting on marketing efforts, marketing campaigns, ad campaigns, like paid paid money, right? It's all right, well, what's actually leading to closed business and revenue? And we should do more of that, uh, you know, um, versus just leads generated, but they don't go anywhere in the sales process. I think that makes a ton of sense. Now, uh, do you guys uh, in Desoptima, do you work? with existing HubSpot accounts and help them just make their existing processes within HubSpot more efficient? Uh, or is this a lot of net new installation of HubSpot on like net new, you know, creation and, and system setup? And I guess the, the subtext behind that question is how much time and effort do you have to spend training the frontline users and the sales reps uh, uh, to engage with the task queues and the things that you've automated for them, right? Like how much does training come in uh, to, to these engagements to set them up for success? Um, it doesn't really, uh, we've learned that it doesn't really um, matter if it's a new deal or an existing deal. Um, when we implement the system, it's almost like um, blows the person's socks off. They've never had that type of experience where it's like, um, you know, sales does their sales things inside the task queues and inside the sales module and they don't have to look anywhere else because everything can happen from inside that module. Um, and then marketing has data that they've never seen before. Um, tech and marketing are kind of like a, a salt and pepper, in my opinion, but they don't taste as good as salt and pepper, <laughs> right? Um, we don't. The, it's it's really hard for tech guys to understand what a marketing person does, and 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 that process being able to put in one place, uh, it's very straightforward. Um, gives them like you know of the ability to have data and insights they've never seen before your ops team with the dashboard to find out um, where operations need to go, how operations need to happen, who's being efficient, who's not being efficient, who needs more training, who needs more one-on-one, -on -one, who needs coaching. Uh, man, the, the list goes on. It doesn't matter um, if they've had HubSpot or if they didn't have HubSpot, 
we bring an element to it that um, more or less seems. I would I would say that training is a big part of our week. Um, we do weekly coaching calls. We do weekly training sessions with our clients. Um, you know, even after they've already been onboarded and had two, three, four days of training, we also ended up, you know, building out a course for them to go through um, to understand HubSpot, understand their actions, um, and understand kind of what their day to day looks like, how to leverage the task queues, how to build their own sequences, build their own workflows, build their own dashboards. So we've really kind of gotten into the training factor a lot more. Um, you know, it, it started with like a lot of our net new clients that we had initially, and then being able to implement for net new going into, you know, existing clients and then seeing what they had set up either, you know, themselves or with another partner, being able to implement this speed to lead process that we've been doing and implementing these automations. It really changed how they look at their CRM and how they interact with their CRM. And that's pretty much what yeah. we're trying to do. Uh, you're preaching to the choir here about uh, if you've developed a training course to help these folks, right? I think uh, I know plenty about self-paced on-demand education, what that can yield for uh, for for users. So that's great. No, it's awesome to hear. Um, now, I think we're all it's we're, we're in a general agreement here. I think us three in that you know data access to data, hygienic data. Uh, uh, you need that at the epicenter, right, in order to uh, automate these types of tasks. Uh, and to help your sales reps make informed decisions, right? I think we're all kind of in agreement there. Uh, <clears throat> now, with my working knowledge of HubSpot, that that is today, you know, I, there's a lot of opportunities to plug in and integrate data from other uh, technologies, right? And other apps and other pieces of your tech stack. Uh, how do you all uh, incorporate that? If you incorporate it, how do you guys help with uh, anything that's been integrated? Do you help with anything that hasn't been integrated but should? Where does like the platform play? Uh, come into this sort of like sales automation engagement that you offer? Uh, so um, just like you said, uh, HubSpot has, has the ability to connect up to a slew of applications. And like um, that's basically what we leverage HubSpot for. It has its, um, um, it has its built-in features on the data and how you manipulate the data and all, and all that. But really the, the bread and butter is how easy it is to get data into HubSpot, um, the app marketplace, through um, like third-party applications like uh, Zapier or Make, um, your APIs uh, are super easy to work with. So integrate integrations is from a tech perspective, it's the only reason that we use HubSpot, and 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 it's successful because mm -hmm. everything plugs into it. It doesn't matter what you have or what you want to leverage for funnels or you know even though HubSpot has its landing pages, you can create funnels. Um, some some people are married to ClickFunnels. Some people are married to their website. Um, mm -hmm. Be on a on a brand new random platform, some AWS that somebody made, and and everything is custom coded. So the ability to place that API when that when that comes through is is just a game changer. Yeah. So it sounds like the integration capabilities are the value proposition, the differentiator that you all see, and and maybe something that pulls through in the conversations with your prospects, clients, anybody that's that's using or considering HubSpot. Uh, which is awesome. I mean, what are, do you have uh, the, any examples or like what are the most common uh, uh, apps that you've seen integrate into HubSpot that you've had uh, incorporated into your automation uh, or workflows or, or anything that you've spun up for your clients? What, what tends to stand out? We're a big fan of uh, SMS and uh, calling, being able to power dial. Um, HubSpot has Twilio integrations um, and, and those are nice, but 
kind of limited. So we we have uh, other partners like um, Aircall and Alware. Um, we have ClickFunnels partnership. Uh, some clients use um, other other CRMs as well uh, to you know, offshore teams or, or or whatever the case is. And the ability to even plug into other CRMs. Like sure. That, yeah. That that has that 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 that's usually where we go. Yep. A lot of clients definitely. Once they learn of the marketplace and once they learn of all of the integrations that HubSpot can do and can leverage, it it really opens their eyes from, okay, I don't need this CRM plus these other 10 other softwares that I'm using on top of it. I can just leverage HubSpot, its native integration with the call, its native integration with an SMS and kind of build on top of it. And that's what we've really just started with. Um, you know, a lot of our clients, you know, they, they have everything from Alloware, Aircall, Zoom Info, Apollo, like all of these different tools that they're just stacking on top of one another. Um, you know, our, our goal is to have a clean CRM. That's what we try to implement initially because we, we know that as clean it is, as it is, it's still going to need that, that maintenance on a day-to-day mm-hmm. or weekly basis. But if we can get that clean data in, leverage these apps and these native integrations as much as possible, um, and, you know, use Make or Zapier whenever we need to. It, it really just helps this, the team be more effective, be more efficient with their time. It's a really interesting thought in that uh, the, the more hygienic you are about the integration opportunities, the easier it's going to be to handle the maintenance of and keeping the data clean within the HubSpot CRM. Yeah, I love it. 100%, yeah. Uh, do, you, does, uh, do you guys ever go into... Uh, custom integrations? Are you ever building anything bespoke uh, for for clients based on requests? Is that is that an area that, that you all play? Yes, that is an area in which um, <laughs> that is the department in which I head. All uh, right, uh, we we have a funny name for it internally. Uh, we are called the Unicorn Squad because we're <laughs> basically one off requests that um, have to be um, hand curated. So it's a lot of hand holding with the client. Like, what do you want this process to look like? What does this data look like? How is this being built on another end? Uh, how does that come into play with HubSpot? Are we needing to introduce custom objects? Are we are we needing to tie in not only the data transfer but also in automations in the back end where it's like a object specific for just that one object to transfer data around so another um, native object can pick it up? We do a lot of, of that. <laughs> And every good team needs a mascot, so I think I'm all in on the unicorn squad yeah. label of it. Uh, yeah. I can imagine that. Uh, that was the only one that stuck. Oh, yeah. Was there a workshop? Was there a workshop? And that was just... Yeah, it was a, a Nerf gun fight. Pretty yeah, much. that's right. <laughs> we had a lot. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we had, we had a lot of, uh, a lot of um, different nicknames for... for um, basically, the people that do all those custom in our business. Uh, I would imagine that uh, more partners uh, uh, like yourselves would want to establish a unicorn squad within their own teams. I think folks understand the power of APIs and being able to offer, you know, the ability to scope and actually execute and build custom integrations and leverage the APIs. Uh, uh, but I I've been led to believe it's not the easiest thing to wrap your head around uh, and to build the skill set to then be able to go do. Uh, how have you all developed the Unicorn Squad to be able to offer this service for uh, for your clients? What does the uh, de- skill development process look like for these folks? The, so first we start off by specializing them in like one thing. 
that's like uh that's like goal number one if you can become very 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 good at just um one set of apis like let's say um updating the contact apis by virtue you're going to start understanding um the deal apis you're going to start so a lot of uh out of the the training is almost like self-taught right it's a it's very um structured in a way that it's you become a specialist in something and then by virtue of curiosity most software engineers are curious um we can't keep them away from the other stuff. Um, <laughs> and we have set up demo environments for them to just uh, play in. Uh, most of the time when we hire someone and we start training them, uh, their first 30 to 60 days are just in the demo environment. It's like, create whatever you want. Here's an SDK. You know, have at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ask some questions. Um, it's kind of the process that we lay out. Um, get familiar with um, how they work. And then, uh, and then we start training them. That's great. Um, yeah, I think just, uh, uh, sounds like, Hey, sandboxing it and Hey, here's the playground, you know, have at it. I think it's just, it feels like one of those things that you need to get hands-on experience with, uh, to gain that familiarity. But I also love the point there too, about, well, it initially starts with some specialization, uh, but that, that just yields curiosity and, and a drive to understand more, uh, and APIs more broadly. Right. So it, it sounds like specialization very much widens over time. Yes, exactly. Uh, is there anything that you've built or the team's built uh, for a custom uh, uh, for a client uh, or a customer of Optima that that uh, was really cool? You know, take your take your victory lap. Anything that you'd want to brag about? Something that works so incredibly well, super unique, <laughs> but it, it, it you pulled it off and fills into this automation flow, and you're seeing a ton of tremendous results. Like, what's the coolest? What's the the greatest accomplishment from the Unicorn Squad? There are many. There are many. Um, they can't all be tied for first. You at least have to have one. There, um, because I, th- that's kind of like our our, our children, right? Like, uh, uh, I have children now, and I still think that all my programs are my children as well. So, I, uh, if I had to say that one of them was a uh, was the best, um, it was we integrated some outside. Uh, so this company was a SaaS company, and they had their own software, so we had access to their software. Um, and we integrated um, a custom object, basically, that reported on everyone that was using that software and how often they were using that software, um, how frequently they were logging in, uh, integrating even the chatbot with that software. So the ability to actually even bring HubSpot to their software so it's easy to work, that was like game changer. Definitely. Yeah, the, the actual usage data of that software into HubSpot. Yeah. Not, awesome. not only that, but the, then vice versa, like uh, the sales rep or customer service on the chatbot, like live, mm-hmm. that was that, that was great for them, depending wow. on the time Super cool. they're on. So yeah. that, that, that was pretty interesting. And that was probably the greatest accomplishment. There's a lot of back and forth moving. Yeah. Um, uh, pulling back, uh, obviously we talked, I think, a little bit about uh, marketing activities, uh, that feed into kind of an automated task queue and sales process. Uh, you may have, you, I forget which one of you, you may alluded to like customer success or like a services organization, but is there any automation that you build up to help the transition out of the sales funnel and into like the customer team or the account management customer success team? Is there any automation opportunities there that, that you all build for your customers? Oh, 100% leveraging uh, the ticketing system mm-hmm. is number one. Think of uh, the same process that we do for 
um, for, for the sales team, we also implement a system like that for um, the customer service team, leveraging uh, the, the ticketing system and what happens to the customer you know, after they become a customer. It's like one thing to get, a, get the customer to pay, uh, to pay them, but it's another thing of making sure the customer is happy, making sure that the communication has just started after the sales process. Yeah, there's so a... The ability to like automate that process and make sure that um, the customer is being checked on constantly and like uh, if there are any issues or tickets open mm-hmm. and any escalations that need to be happened can, can be happened inside of the internal team and they 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 operate in what we consider like the back end yeah a lot of nps surveys and tickets and yeah. those nurture workflows to just re-engage with the client you know re-engage with those customers it's really what helps drive LTV for most of the organizations. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do once we implement that, that HubSpot from that RevOps perspective. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a great point. Uh, you know, I think the, the handoff between a sales rep to whatever teams set to manage that account, customer success support, et cetera, like the handoff of the information, that context that should inform that long-term relationship. That's like the greatest opportunity to fumble the bag. Right. And so if automation can help ease that transition, uh, that's a big win, right? And that's what we found. You know, most organizations that we come into, they that they don't have that process built out. You know, so we yeah. we definitely have to build that foundation, build that MVP, and just let it grow from there. When you help consult on uh, a client's process, uh, uh, I'm sure there's a, a fairly robust, like a comprehensive discovery process. Mm-hmm. But what's your means uh, of packaging or delivering your recommendation? for what that process should look like. Uh, is it a visualization? Is it a document? Like what's the best way to package your prescribed processes once you kind of run that, that audit of what exists today? You know what I mean? Yeah. So after the audit process, we typically provide them, you know, some sort of presentation, uh, you know, some sort of video walkthrough. And then we provide them samples from our demo accounts, from our sandboxes that we build out so that they could actually see it in action for themselves and see what it would take for their own organization to leverage, you know, X, Y, or Z, right? Um, but they're getting, you know, the full package when we perform an audit. Yeah. I mean, being able to see it in action in your own sandbox must drive, that's just a ton of value to actually see it in real time. Yeah, that makes... Yeah, yeah they, once about. they see that, they're pretty much sold at that point. Yeah. Uh, so that's a great tip. If anybody doesn't do that, you know, that that seems to be in a very impactful layer to that presentation. Um now, guys, this is a safe space. Agency Unfiltered is a safe space. I f- often find some of the most intriguing, compelling stories are when partners tried something and maybe it didn't work out so well, right? Uh, so based on what you tend to spin up as workflows or automations for sales orgs, your clients, et cetera, is there anything that you've attempted in the past that didn't pan out? Or is something that you set up today a reaction to something that didn't work as initially as prescribed? Like any any. Any like learnings along the way, so to speak? Yeah. <laughs> um, Again, this is a so, safe space. You know, the failure forum is a safe space. For sure, for sure. Um, so initially on some of our initial setups, right, we tried to leverage automation to, I honestly want to say to the max, right? We, we tried to kind of keep automations in play and get the, the prospects, you know, out of the sales reps hands until they were, you know, qualified themselves and ready to essentially close. It worked really well initially, but I definitely think the customer has gotten smarter, right? And they've gotten a lot more, you know, intrigued with, you know, this product or that product or this offering or that offering. So 
that's where we really switched. We completely pivoted um, what we kind of build in Sales Hub to be that speed to lead system. Um, and we found it, it actually works out better being able to kind of automate, you know, 80% of the work and then make the sales reps, either those SDRs, BDRs or closers or whoever, kind of take that lead, you know, from that, you know, 20 yard line into the goal. And that's what we're, we've really been able to leverage a lot recently. And that's what's helped a lot of our clients kind of grow their, their organization from two sales reps to 20, 20 to 50, 50 to 100. And that's where they're really just seeing, you know, the power of HubSpot. That's great. I mean, if, if built properly, it seems like such uh, a critical lever for scale, right? And to your, to your point, you've, you've seen that uh, the results from these sorts of engagements uh, can yield uh, revenue, which in turn can be invested in growing your sales team. So there's absolutely a flywheel opportunity here, right? Um, which, is, which is super cool. Uh, I love speed to lead. Love that. Uh, if I'm a partner listening today and I'm like, dang, uh, sure, I use workflows, but it sounds like I'm not automating as much as I should. Uh, and I'm not considering the connected platform or the integration opportunities as much as I should. Uh, what are your tips for a- another partner? And you can withhold your secret sauce or you know anything you have there, <laughs> any proprietary concepts. But what should I look to do today? Where should I be focusing my attention? How can I spin up a similar sort of speed delete engine that you guys have? Oh, um. I would learn a lot of a lot of the technical. So this is um, it sounds pretty um, to to speak about, and it's uh, and it's uh, it wasn't pretty to design. Like uh, so, I had the back. I I had all the tech. So everyone has crazy ideas, and I'm kind of the person that says yay or nay, right, on these crazy ideas. Um, Understand? Do you ever get pushback when it's a nay? Oh my God! Is yeah. that a hard conversation to have uh, when they they really want a yay, but you're like, listen, it's got it. It's a nay. That, it's a nay that's today. That's when marketing and tech go at it. Yeah, that's why we have the Nerf gun. <laughs> yeah, that's why we have Nerf gun. Um, exhibit A. Um, so, yeah, I, I get a lot of pushback when there's when there's no's sometimes um, because data is very. Um, I, I say everyone should have a data lake, not a not a data swamp. Um, so, uh, you know. We we are we're from Florida, so we've we know a lot about the swamp, <laughs> um, and, and and we know that you should avoid that, right? We, you should always try to, to keep data as clear and concise as possible, and sometimes um, whatever process you're trying to implement um, isn't really thought out 100%. There's got a lot of holes in it, so uh, there's there sometimes is a, a a lot of no's. We need to re 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 redesign this process. We need to rethink it. How does it like work systematically rather than how does it work uh, on paper, right? So not, not all ideas transform, um, you know, what I call ones and zeros perfectly, you know. So you have, you have to be very good at transforming that process into ones and zeros from a tech perspective. Yeah. yeah. I would say not a lot of organizations, um, you know, just because they can leverage speed to lead doesn't mean they should. should yeah. You know, it really depends on what industry it is, what their the makeup of their team is, and kind of what their their process is, is like, right? Um, we have found it super successful where there's a larger sales team, right? Because we want to make sure that the sales team is doing their job. We're holding them accountable, but we're making sure that they're being efficient and effective with the leads, right? A lot of the leads that are coming into the CRM are paid leads. 
So being able to really capitalize and show that ROI for the business is what we kind of take that speed to lead process for. Some clients, we implement speed to lead. We show them how it works, you know, and then sales reps fumble, right? So now we have to go back to the drawing board and, and rethink, okay, how are we going to leverage this client's process, this client's service into HubSpot? And that's where we kind of have to marry the two, you know, speed to lead, more nurture, more automation. And that's where, you know, you get something really interesting with some of these clients. It's a really interesting note in that. Uh it has to be set up for the right type of client, right type of organization and team uh, to really you know, yield the maximum results that you would want it to. So it's almost like keeping a keen eye on who is a fit, who is it. And it kind of mm-hmm. goes back to the conversation about the, you know, what are the types of businesses that you all target? And I think there's a, the sales org size seems to be an important component of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think going to your other point, it's just, it's a, a, a relentless focus on keeping your data lakes clean, right? You want it you want it swimmable and drinkable. You don't want it to be a swamp. That uh, a murky swamp of a data lake, uh, uh, what, gets in the way of or is a blocker to effective automation? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it's going to give you bad reporting. It's not going to give you proper insights. The list goes. Yep. Your business isn't going to work properly if you don't have a control of Yeah, there's bigger problems than just the whatever's in workflows, if that is the case, right? There's some, yeah, there's some bigger bigger issues at play here yeah yeah data is you know king and this line of work and and crms and everything that we try to do is data driven everything that Mm -hmm. we we try to relay to our clients is taking that data driven approach and leveraging the reporting leveraging the dashboards to make their decision Uh, guys as we come up on time uh i do uh, wrap every episode with this question um uh, again, seeing the Nerf gun, I may know the answer, but I'll, you know, I don't want to lead you any which way. Uh, what is the strangest part of agency life? Oh man, <laughs> uh, I guess for me, it's uh, how uh, you know we started off as coworkers. You know, me and Sean here, so uh, it's crazy how like we've become uh, closer, and how much uh, uh, how much this disagreement there is, and how like how chaotic it is uh the the ups and downs is very very unique uh i argue with him i say like like a brother <laughs> yeah, yeah i talk to him more than i talk to my family so. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you probably see each other more so than maybe your spouses your family you know yeah, yeah. i think that's fair but i mean it, you have to i feels like you have to argue uh like siblings right uh you have it has to be a place in which you can have passionate but dissenting opinions, right? Because that's what's going to yield probably the best work for maybe back to that yay nay situation with customer integration opportunities. But I think that's going to that what that's what yields the best client, you know, uh, delivery or engagements, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I mean, you're going to get arguments from you know people in different departments anyway, right? I have that marketing background. He has the tech background, so. I want things to happen that I can see, you know, on the marketing board. He wants, you know, to turn that into tech and some of them just don't align, you know? So we have to really compromise and build some sort of, you know, custom part for our clients that makes sense, you know? Uh, You, I think ups and downs is a pretty pragmatic way to say, I think you also a little chaotic at times, which is fair. I think a lot of folks can empathize with that. Yeah, sure. but, uh, well, guys, listen, um, uh, I think we're out of time. Appreciate you both coming on uh, from your studio in Florida, it sounds like. Um, but talking about speed to lead, 
I think we talked about integration opportunities, both within the app marketplace and the ecosystem, custom opportunities. We talked about closing the loop with marketing, how to inf- better inform and contextualize like services or account management with sales details. So there's a ton here that we covered in a short amount of time. So very much have, you know, appreciate you both coming on and, and sharing your perspective on, on all this stuff. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Cool. All right. And for everybody that's been tuning in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered. <laughs>